theme song, theme song. <laughs> I'm Tanya. I'm Nikki. And we are A Thousand Eyes and One. We talk about A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. And today we are talking Game of Thrones season eight, which was, you know, but season eight <laughs> had, had some bright spots, especially visually. Yeah. So instead of doing a hate cast about things we did not like about season eight we decided to be positive and look on the bright side and find mm-hmm. the things that we liked best about season eight yeah so this podcast is about our favorite moments of season eight and we've decided of your ears is split it up into one through three and four through six so today is although one- in my opinion season eight ends at episode three, three. <laughs> so today we're talking episodes one through three and the things that we liked about them it originally was going to be a top 10 list Mm -hmm. but then we decided to just roll with it and see where it brings us because we haven't discussed our lists with each other nope it's gonna be a surprise do you want to go first (sighs) um sure so how should we do it should we go thing item by item or full list by full list uh, item by item. We start with episode one. Okay, sure. Because I, uh, I only have one item for episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few. I have a okay. few because like so. My criteria for things that I loved about the season were things that gave me an emotional reaction as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. If it sparked joy or if it made me cringe or um, yeah, those. So those that's you know. Those are very loose, but <laughs> those, those, are my reasons. those are my reasons. And the first one that I have is the Bram callback, the kid running through, trying to get his glimpse of the world's the greatest army the world has ever seen. And um, that was really fun. It reminds me, it reminds me of like Bram climbing and it reminds me of like Arya, you know, trying to get a look. Um, there was that parallel to Arya trying to get a look at the king when he's on his way. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the reason that I like it is because it reminds me of Bram's first chapter in the books. Mm. It really, okay. really brings me back to that. Um, and so that's why it's one of my favorite moments. Do you want to talk about which, which parts of Bram's chapter? You're welcome to. Mm, no, just in general. not really. Okay. Just in general. It's a whole, that whole <laughs> feeling. And I guess that this, I have a second part of that too, because tying in with Arya is a moment where Arya sees John for the very first time and she looks like she's about to call his name out. Mm. She's like, there's like a moment where she's just like, and then she holds herself back and she's like, wait, this is now is not the time because she's so happy to see him. Yeah, and that then that's really quickly replaced by, you know, her seeing the hound and the dark turns and then that the other moment where it lifts her up again when she sees Gendry and she grows her lady boner for the first time. Well, my one item is actually related to that. Mm-hmm. That part where the kid is running through that call back to Aria and to like friend or whatever, um, they played Robert's music. Yes, yes, yes. They so that was that was yes the King arriving yep. music. Um, I love we're, it. We are really big fans of the soundtrack. Huge, huge, huge fans of the soundtrack, and we went to go see Ramin Jawadi and um, on tour for it, and it was amazing. If they ever do it again, I want to go again. But, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so the music during that scene is the same exact music 
that is played when Robert is first showing up. And it's basically mm-hmm. just, I, I always just call it King Robert's arrival. Mm-hmm. reason i like it also just like it because it's basically repeating the um like the whole arrival scene of the first episode Mm -hmm. there's so many things that happen in the first episode of season eight that happen in the first episode of season one um maybe and that could be a thing that we talk about another time but there are just so many uh so many things that i that i remembered um since i just watched the first season not too long ago yeah, it was definitely very reminiscent. I really liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. What else did you have? Um, uh, any scene, whenever the dragons fly is a favorite, but mm. John flying on the dragons is is just that whole moment, like that whole build up to them flying, like when they fly over Winterfell and then when John gets on the dragon for the first time. Um, I have a note in parentheses that says it's, I really like all of that flying shit, but it's really about to dive. <laughs> <laughs> it's really when they, when they go over that cliff and they dive down and you feel like you're on a roller coaster. That's my favorite part. Yeah. That, that, the, the work on the dragons was really great. Mm-hmm. And I loved how huge they were and how they kind of had personalities. This yeah. Time. Yeah. I was into that. What else you got for episode one? Because that, that was all I had was the music. Um, let's see. <laughs> but you're bringing up really good points. There's something that I can't read because I use that new app thing. So, oops. Um, with the pox. The what? <laughs> with the pox. Where Bronze in the brothel and oh, Kyburn's like. <laughs> right, right, right. And the girl. <laughs> like, this one has a pox. She'll be dead within the year. And he'll be he's like, which one? Which one? Yeah. yeah. That was season I love one. That. Gosh. I mean, episode one. Episode one. Oh, yeah. by the way, the song is called The King's Arrival. Aha, boom. There it is. Yeah. I have the pox LOL. That was really then, funny. Let's see. What do I else do I have? Dragons flying. Da, da, da. I have Braun and the crossbow, but just as kind of like as an aside, um, because that's not really what that says. I don't know what the fuck that says anymore. Um, <laughs> but... The part after Cersei and Euron get busy and he's like, I'm going to put a prince in your belly. And then I, I hadn't really thought about it before. I mean, cause it's obvious that she's going to try to pass the baby off as Euron's, but like, mm-hmm. I like, I had to think back to the moment where she like turns around and is like, Oh God, I guess I have to fuck this filthy pirate because just logistically it makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if she ends up pregnant and everybody knows that she's had sex with the king of the Iron Islands, right? Mm-hmm. That makes her baby legitimate. And I just hadn't thought about that aspect of it before. Well, it makes him legitimate if she marries him. If she marries him, right? But it also yeah. makes it not a bastard. It's not, maybe it makes it a bastard, but it's not her brother's baby. Right, because if she has another little blonde-haired baby that looks like her other three kids... Exactly. Her At own the, her I, own legitimacy is thrown out the window because her okay. legitimacy is through her children. And if those children weren't legitimate as the kings and queens because they weren't Roberts, she's now proven everything everyone's been saying by having exactly. a fourth little blonde-haired, green-eyed, 
Lannister Which babies. Means her ingesting urine seeds with her vagina is absolutely necessary. She couldn't do like in the books where she's eating it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember uh, that? <laughs> yes. Just looking it off her hand. <laughs> feast. Wait, it's in Feast that we get Cersei for the first time, right? I think so. Yeah. Is it that far into the books? Yes. I think you're right. Yes. And I think it's Feast. But in any case, her POV is amazing. And knowing, seeing how much she loathed Robert to the point that she was eating his cum off her hands because she knew he was too, she she said she was finishing him off with her hands because he was too drunk to tell the difference. And then eating it out of spite and saying that she's eating like his princes and princesses. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. He is so amazing. Like, such a great job with Cersei in the show but book Cersei is I I love is kind book of my Cersei. Dark I love her not in the sense of like I want her to succeed and that I think yeah. she's good but in the sense of just the way she's written she's just so deliciously evil and just mm. but also so dumb and like so she thinks she's so brilliant <laughs> I mean, then you see her hair, how she's like Tyrion in those moments. Except Tyrion actually is smart. Right, Tyrion is smart. But like she, it's like, you know, you you spend, well, maybe not feeling bad for her, but Mm. when when you see the things she says about not being taken seriously because she's a woman and all that, you know, you kind of feel bad for her. And then you get in her head and realize, no, you actually are dumb. Like this isn't just because you're a woman, like. Mm-hmm. you are not Tywin with teats like you think you are no, no, no. <laughs> I have to say like every t- I always miss Tywin in, in moments like where you're seeing the, how his kids are not really living up to his expectations and just like sorry you were the smartest of them all sorry Tywin your kids are a disappointment and to think he got got because he treated his own kid bad mm-hmm. all he had to do was be nice to one person yeah yeah this would have been a completely different story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, if he'd been nice to if he'd been nice to Tyrion, if yeah. he'd given Tyrion a hug once, his his hatred of Tyrion is is what brought him down. Mm-hmm. Nobody else could bring him down, but his hatred of Tyrion sealed the deal. We are way off topic. What else? We do you are. But, but That's there's okay. something that, that we can tie back in because I, I was as I was watching the Long Night episode and the part where. Um, Lyanna Mormont kills the the giant. I was like, oh man, I was like, oh, there's all these like David and Goliath themes, but that's like, you know, with Tywin and Tyrion, it's the same thing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything else from episode one? Um, yes, I do. And my uh, my last, my final well, there's two things. One, well, they're both Tormund related. I just had Tormund with a heart next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love whenever Tormund shows up. Because he's just he's so he's just such a great character, um, hmm. which reminds me of something that we talked about way way back at the beginning of coronavirus. But I don't know if I should bring it up. You can cut it if you want. Um, we were talking about how the actor that plays Tormund <laughs> got he got coronavirus. He got coronavirus, Aww. and you said that giant. You guess that giant's milk isn't the cure after all. Oh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> 
We haven't heard. I hope so too. We I didn't hear so anything about. But that was hilarious. Anything. I think he made a full recovery. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Christoph, uh, what's his name? Christoph Jiu. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sorry, butcher it. But hope Mr. he's well. Um, yeah. So I have a heart next to Tormund, and the other thing, too, for two moments, just because, like, I love when he, when he, um, when they get back to Winterfell, and he like uh, tackle hugs John out of nowhere. That like that little. <laughs> Over. You're like, oh my god, oh, it's just Tormund. But the other thing is when they're at um, at the which last at Last Hearts, and they're looking to see if they're like, what the fuck has happened with the Umbers? And they go, <laughs> they hear those sounds that are happening as they're walking down that hallway, and Tormund's kind of in the front, but then he stops and he looks at Beric, and he makes Beric go in front of him. And I was like. <laughs> I, was, I had never caught that moment before, but watching it this time, I was like, "Yeah, of course." Let the man who can be brought back to life go in front. He's been—he's already been dead so many times. Right. Well, although ahead. at that point he couldn't be brought back to life because uh, what's his name was dead. Um, yes. And um, why can't I remember that conclu- his, his name? Oh, Theros. Thoros. Thoros. Yeah, Theros. Yep. And those are all my moments. I mean, I, I think that I will just go ahead and just. We'll just put music as a joint favorite moment because, like, I have so many comments about the music um, that, yeah, we just love the music. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> um, episode two, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. So I had, I wrote two things down. Brienne getting knighted and Jenny's song. Mm-hmm. Any of those are going to be yours. Oh, so Brienne getting knighted yep. was, I thought, really wonderful because we it's never really said that a woman can't be a knight other than that it's custom. Mm-hmm. And so when Tormund is just kind of like, okay, so just knight her, you know, I was like, first of all, I love Tormund for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's so different from the books. Like in the books, you have to remember he's killed like hella innocent people and like, yeah, he's, a, he's he's like a wildling at the truest definition of everything you fear about them. Right, Show Tormund has also killed innocent people, but they make him so likable that you kind of yeah. forget for a while. Yeah, but um, you know the wildlings live different, and women fight, and so the idea that Rian isn't a knight makes no sense to him. And I and when he's like, if I were a king. I'd knight you, and they're like, and James just like it doesn't even take a king. Like any knight can make a knight, and then that like just leading up to it, like it's like you could see mm-hmm. what's coming, you can see what's coming, and I was just getting so excited, and yeah. like my heart was just like in my throat that whole time, and I was so happy for her, and I love that it was Jamie who knighted her. I I love it, but I also <laughs> was kind of like, can I tell you what my note says? Yeah, for that moment. Yeah. It says that Jamie knighting Brienne is the ultimate thirst move. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the one hand, I like that it's Jamie because of how her attitude towards him had changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, where it ended up, I was kind of like, I wish somebody else had done it, not Jamie. But yeah, but um, because I because on the other hand, I wish that it had been it could have been. Was- well, no, I was thinking more somebody who is, like, respected, you right. know, somebody, like, 
the blackfish or something. Not that we'll meet her and the blackfish cross paths. She's still alive. (laughs) Keep holding out hope, Nikki. Keep holding out hope. I will. You know, maybe not him specifically, but like someone like him, someone that Brienne looks up to. And, you know, I feel like that would have been the ideal knighting situation for her. But obviously we couldn't have that because it's the night before this huge battle and... Yeah, you know, you're working with what you've got and how many nights I, were around, you know. Exactly, and I think just from a storytelling, as far as the show goes, it's just that it just brings it full circle from her vouching for Jamie when he first shows up at Winterfell, right. you know, and saying that he is, you know, he's worthy, he's noble, he's all like, you know, all it basically embodies all the quality that a true knight should. For him tonight or at the end of the episode, oh, towards the end of the episode, this makes was, a lot of sense. This was like their this was their wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. This was their bond, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she saved his life. He saved her life. He saved her from getting raped. She saved his life some more, and now mm-hmm. he's knighting her, which she totally deserved to be knighted. Yeah, it's like along the way of his like his his whole redemption arc <clears throat> was kind of just like you know, like him taking his vows all over again, all over again, and her being there to witness it, to mm. witness it each step of the way. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. Hmm. What are the knight's vows? What is it? With, by the, here, you want to Google it? Shall yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking it up now. Okay. But, um, but yeah, you're right. You know, she's the only one who was there, too. She's the only one who can say, say anything. And the fact that she is, you know, <clears throat> she's just, her honor is without question. And for Sansa to vouch for it, it's just, you know, all that stuff works out really, really well. And while I think it would have been, I agree with you that it could have been cooler and set and um, more interesting for somebody with more, who is uh, ostensibly more respectable to have knighted her, I guess there really is no other way that it could have gone down. Because it would not, I mean, it would not have been more meaningful to her if anyone else had done it. Right, right. I just meant, I just meant... Um in general, like mm. Brienne being knighted, the ideal situation would be to be knighted by like a great knight who respects yeah. her and, you know, is respected. But I guess at this point in the start in the story, there are no great knights left. No. They've all been dead. They were brave and now they're dead. Because dead may never die. Hashtag blackfish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're so funny with Blackfish. I, I also him. enjoyed Jenny's song so much. I want to oh. I want to hear Jamie Wood sing it. Jamie. Jamie, sing it. Jamie, please. <laughs> oh, she'd be, it would be so haunting if she did. Oh, oh my god. Oh gosh, I'm going to I'm going to text her later and tell her she should sing I, it. I, I'll text um, her afterwards. <laughs> yes, let's team up on her. If you guys don't know about Jamie Woods, I highly recommend checking her and her music out. She is a beautiful person and just a most incredible voice. Um, Actually, I used Jamie's song for our Long Night episode, the song Hello Morning. Ah, So if you want to go revisit our The Long Night episode, you'll hear pieces. Anything to do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You'll hear pieces of Hello Morning by Jamie Woods. So, yeah, check her out. Um, Pod had such a lovely singing voice. Yes, Pod. And we always, we, we've read so much about Jenny's song. You know, they took the Woods Witch out. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? We did talk about it a little bit in our episode about, um, 
episode two, season seven, uh, season eight, episode two, about um, the Woods Witch. Go for it. The Brotherhood. They visit. The show cut out the ghost of High Heart, who was the Woods Witch, who was the good friend of Jenny of Old Stones. Jenny of Old Stones, this is the abbreviated version. Jenny of Old Stones was a common girl who lived in an area called Old Stones, based off of old, decrepit, what used to be a castle. Um, she married the dragonfly prince. Which one was that? Duncan. That was Egg's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave up the throne for her. And so she's like this legendary common girl. So Jenny's song is about her. Jenny died at the fire at Summer Hall. In the fire, right, right. Right, and which also the show didn't really talk about, I don't think. maybe. No, they... but I think we can look for that and maybe in the, the House of the Dragon. <laughs> maybe. That would be amazing, because I can picture that in my head. It's just like, it's just so tragic. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fire at Summer Hall basically... Is brought down the Targaryens, like generations of them were killed. And um, so Jenny's song is about Jenny of Old Stones. And the ghost of High Heart, she has prophetic dreams. And the brother, the Brotherhood Without Banners, they visit her and she tells them the dreams so that they can figure out what the hell's going on. And, you know, she predicts Rob's death, she predicts the Purple Wedding. Um, okay. Lots of things that you, lots of things that you don't really pick up on until you're rereading and you read the prophecies and you're like, oh shit, is this, does this mean this? Does this mean that? Ah. It's really, really cool. Anyway, she requests Jenny's song and we get a few lines of it in the book, but they filled it out for the show and gave us an actual song and I loved it. So good. That song haunted me all of last week. Oh really? It was, just, it was just stuck in my head for no reason. I was just like, oh gosh. So when I finally actually it hasn't been stuck since I watched Pod sing it. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. So yeah, I loved, I loved that. Um, I loved that we were able to get that. And yeah, Pod had a beautiful singing voice. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad song. It is a sad song. Well, Jenny dancing with her ghosts. Because they didn't really go into detail about how she died, but we know we pretty much know that that must have been where she died. Yeah, but we yep. don't we don't really have any details yet about um, Summer Hall. Maybe in Fire and Blood too, we'll know what happened there. Because Summer Hall is the you know big great mystery. Even in the mm-hmm. world of Ice and Fire, the portions about Summer Hall, the maester spilled ink, and so there's right. parts <laughs> parts blocked out, and you only get little snippets. So. So far, everything about it has just been speculation, but it's but that's also when Rhaegar was born, which led to oh, yes, the right. whole the prophecy. Yeah, his whole prophecy of being born amid salt and smoke and all that madness, all that jazz. But so far, we kind of believe that there was some sorcery involved in trying to hatch some dragon eggs, mm-hmm. and that's kind of all we've got. And that's where Sir Duncan the Tall died. R.I.P. Can we, can we can we do tales of duncan egg absolutely can we do that yeah Night of that. the seven kingdoms yeah 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 let's do that 
Yeah. That's well, and, that, and that's what this that's what this episode is called, and it's the yeah. books, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, and I love those books. So yeah, I'm totally down to, to do a Dunkin' Egg. Poo. All right. Is there anything else from episode two? We've talked yes, about Jenny's song. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple things. Um, the first thing that I have is the things we do for love. Just when Bran says that, and when Jamie comes oh, in, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like yeah. "I'm not gonna rat you out, but I'm gonna let you know that I forget." <laughs> I know it was you. You know. Now we've got that out there. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing that I noticed was that so up until this point, John, John, and Daenerys have been like all lovey-dovey and kind of like when you see them, like or when they when they have their little private moments or share eye contact, there's like you know there's a little bit of romance going back and forth between them, but not at this meeting, not at this meeting. Cause after, after, um, he, after Sansa basically takes control and was like, you know what, Brienne, if you vouch for him, that's, that's fine with me. And they all get up and leave. Like, um, Danny turns and she looks at John kind of like for some reassurance mm. or something. And John just kind of is like, yeah, or whatever, bitch, I'll see you later and takes off. But Varys standing in the corner notices this moment. And I never noticed him really noticing it before. And for in my mind, that started to put together that, you know, he was obviously very aware that things were starting to, like, turn between the two of them. And I think this may have been the moment where he starts, you know, plotting. But who knows? Um, the other things that I have here for my moment... Oh, actually, actually, the, the John and... The torment thing happened in this episode. He says, my little crow, and I think that's so cute. Um, is, well, it says, dick him down pod, because I was so happy to see pod fighting. <laughs> and, like, and he's gotten so up. much better. Better, right? So it's, it's so cute to see that improvement. Um, the other thing that I have is that they should have given Gendry Thor arms, since he's been blacksmithing and yeah. basically making all the... Um, all the weapons and and then my other favorite moment of this episode is where Sansa reads Danny where Danny comes over and is just like okay let's be friends and Sansa looks at her like uh-huh mm. after she's like they were like she was making some uh, seemingly making some head headway until Danny called it John's <laughs> war she was up here to fight John's war and Sansa like she like scoffs and laughs like to herself and then she like brings her face and she's like okay I'm way better at this than you are. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done being, we can, we can play nice, but like at the ultimately, you know, I need to know what's going to happen you know, to the I North. Actually, and, and I actually kind of felt bad for Danny in this sense because she. Yeah. Please um, say what? Well, cause she just, she's so far removed from Westeros. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know anything about Westeros politics. Tyrion had, mm-hmm. is, Tyrion and Jorah have been all that she's had. And they're both disgraced exactly. and were banished from Westeros, you know? So, right. like, you know, what do y'all know? And I yeah. just I just feel like... I feel like she has no idea how to politic. And then, mm-hmm. and then she's talking to Sansa, who has now learned from Littlefinger, and who also has a chip on her shoulder because of what she's been through. And, mm-hmm. you know is not receptive to Danny. And so it and actually it kind of just made me feel bad for Danny because I just felt like wow says so you have no idea what you're what you're into. Exactly. Right now. It, it, it makes you no very idea. aware of her disadvantage when it comes to that kind of interaction. 
<laughs> and you know she's trying she's trying so hard mm-hmm. to be strong but also be likable which is like the plight of like every woman every woman in any profession is to be right. strong to be strong and forceful but to also still be likable because people have to like you people have to like you you got to throw a lol at the end of that sentence when you mean it <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah and it, it made me feel kind of bad for her yeah, I mean, if you think about it, with all of her policy, like, she's come from just being the ultimate ruler, right? Like, she's been in positions, like, where she is the authority. Like, with her, with Drogo, people just did what he said, right? Because mm-hmm. he was, he is the top of the food chain. And then he died, and she gathered all those people, blah, 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 fast forward. But then she's in, you know, she's in charge. People are always, they're giving her information, but they're not necessarily testing her out to try to like manipulate her politically because they're all on her side. And this is the first time besides meeting like the, uh, the masters that she's really uh, come into contact with somebody who is trying to basically test her for weaknesses and see what she'd see what she's really about. But then the fact that she feels like they should be on the same side because she, they're women is where she makes her mistake. You think mm-hmm. she would have learned it by that hashtag who burnt my husband and caused my husband to die. Right. But, you know, you think she would have learned that, um, but she didn't. And it's, it's, it's not her fault because there was nobody else really around to teach her like that. But um, yeah, you definitely see that she's at a disadvantage when it comes to, to dealing with Sansa and Sansa picks up on it right away. And the only other thing I have for that is, uh, well, two things. When, <laughs> hold that. There's a thing on my note that says mini Karens. And I was, I just remembered what that's in reference to where, uh, Masande is walking around the castle and those two little brats, like look at her sideways when she says hello to them. Oh and yeah. I know there was like mini Karens and I was like, yeah, you know, gonna go call them. <laughs> Because she said hi. Um, so I have that. And then, um, what you call it? Arya's, yes, she did. When she's asking Gendry if he kept track of how many people she had sex with. And he's like, no, 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 no. She's like, yeah, you did. Of course you did. And I think that's it. Mm. Oh, and then last thing is actually, there's something I put, I guess I'm trying to remember what the note was. But the difference between... So Danny and Sansa both have like their person who returns to them. For Danny, it's Jorah, and for um, Sansa, it's Theon. You know, and it's just kind of like seeing their interactions, like the way that that um, Sansa receives Theon is just like. Oh, season eight was like all Theon redemption. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. knew he was gonna die. Like when we did our Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, he had to die. Him. That was yeah. the only way for this to end for him was for him to die for House Stark because of mm-hmm. the things he'd done. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll have to remember what I, I had. Like there was something in there, but I don't remember. And then the, my last highlight was the three blasts from the horn <laughs> at the end of the episode. Oh yeah, that was ominous. Yeah, I love that. So for the long night, I think the long night was my favorite episode. It's that well, the long night is. I just watched it a couple hours ago, and it's a perfect episode. 
Like, like as a standalone. Yeah, as a standalone, you can just watch it by itself. I was talking just, to yeah, my I friend. It. I was talking to my friend Jeannie yesterday, and I was saying like, "The Long Night" is a great horror movie. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So absolutely. My first, we, we can go. I have a whole bunch for the long night. Yeah, go so for we it. We can go back. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through all of mine at once. We can, do, we can go back and forth. Um, the first thing, when the Dothraki charge with the flaming arax, mm-hmm. and then the silence that follows. Yes, that's that on my was, list. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that yeah. was terrifying. <sighs> first of all, why did y'all charge out when you can't see? I didn't understand that battle plan, but whatever. I never We're understood talking- that either. But whatever, yeah. we're, we're talking about what we liked. Okay, I'm sure we already discussed that. I, that was so terrifying and it was so well done because you have, you're filled with this moment of like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, she just lit up their RX. Here we mm-hmm. go, it's about to go down. <laughs> yeah. And then they go through and you just see those lights extinguishing Extinguish. and it's just quiet. And then you just see them running back. That was so scary. Oh my God, that part is so great. It was so scary, and I loved it. And you know what I also loved about that moment, where they, where they, when they are charging, and you see like the fireballs going over their heads, and they're on their horses, and they've got the flaming arcs, and they're charging, and these fireballs are streaming. Of like everything about the camera work is just as uh, God. I'm so envious. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to do my job that much better, seeing how this how this thing was filmed, the entire just in its entirety. Just even even from like the very first moments, the way that the camera follows Sam around and then it switches to Tyrion and follows Tyrion around. And you, you're having like seeing other people who are going like Tyrion realizing that he's going down to the crypts and Sam realizing that he's scared, but he's got to fight anyway. And that moment where they mention everybody go down to the crypts and Sam watches them, but then like mans up and goes in the opposite direction to go fight. Just ugh, that camera work is just brilliant. I wonder who filmed it. I'm going to have to look that up. So good. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, the next on my list, which is way later in the episode, mm-hmm. um, Lyanna, when she kills the giant, I hated that she died. I did not want Lyanna to die. Mm-hmm. But I love that she went out taking down a dragon. I mean, a dragon, a, a giant. giant. Yeah. <laughs> my Manhattan's kicking in now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she went down taking out a whole last giant. Like she killed that giant by herself with her little tiny self. I loved Lyanna Mormont. Yeah. I hope I she lives like in the her books. to not turn. Yeah, me too. Me too. I want her to I mean cause just I think of just how how respected and powerful she is as, you know, a woman who has killed as a child kills an undead giant. Right. Like she's like well, she's like eleven or something, ten, I don't remember yeah. what she is in the show. But in the, book, she's she's, in the she's book, married. she's like 10. Well, no, she wasn't married yet because... And the Mormont women don't seem to give a fuck about that anyway. Thank God. Because the other Mormont women have children and they're all named Mormont, but who are their fathers? We don't even know. That's true. And like, Shout you know... Shout out to House and, for smashing the I, I love House Mormont. <laughs> and like, how they have that carving... In the books, they mention they have that carving of a woman, like, breastfeeding a baby and holding a weapon. 
and right. how yeah. Jorah's wife hated it because she's, you know, she's a southern woman. She's not used to southern woman and she's not used to that sort of thing. But um, I love I loved House Mormont. I, I, and I asked I asked my husband if, if we had a girl, could we name her Allison? He said no. So he's not trying to try. It could be a middle name. That's true. Allison could be a middle name. Um, anyway, I, so yeah, I loved, I loved that scene. I loved how focused she was and not focused, how determined she was to fight. You know, she's, she was just like, look, I'm here and I'm going to protect my house and I'm going to protect the North and just everything about her was just wonderful because she, Mm -hmm. she came off as like this hard ass, you know, but she, has had to mature so much and you know she's she's a child and she's had to mature so quickly because you know to have to to have to leave bear island and like all and you know to know that she's not going to be taken seriously because she's a 10 year old girl or however old she is in the show Mm -hmm. And, and i love i love how she's respected by her people yeah they totally respect her except for her cousin because I love how she puts him in his place. Jorah. You already... <laughs> yeah. this is, I, am, I, Tanya, hate Jorah Mormont so much. And I continuously hated him. And I never forgave <laughs> him for his betrayal. So if there's anything you should know about me is I never forgave Jorah. And I still hate his ass. So fuck Jorah. And he's grosser in the books. <laughs> he's so gross. They keep talking about how ugly he is. <laughs> like, George, George hates him too, clearly. Yeah. So like all we talk about is how ugly Jorah is. He's, they're like he's ugly and hairy. Like he looks like a beast. Like basically is is how he's described. So mm-hmm. it's not just me. Um, so yeah, Laura, uh, Liana killing the giant was a really well filmed and well done. Did you watch how they made that scene? Did uh, no, watch? I didn't. I um, obviously, they didn't have a giant holding her. <laughs> <laughs> too fast um (laughs) they have this thing holding her and then they like and then they had the guy who plays the giant doing his thingy and then they like put it together Mm. you should watch the making of actually the 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 background stuff um if you have like hbo you have hbo now right yeah yeah if you watch like the behind the scenes stuff, it's actually really cool how they did the long night just in general. That whole episode right. was really well made. I know, comp- I know people complained about it being dark. Um, it was not dark. I watched it on my computer today and it was fine. And I watched it from halfway across the room and I was like, yeah, no, nah, you guys are whack. Don't watch <laughs> it on your phone. Watch it on your, watch it on yeah, your, I didn't have on your computer. I didn't have issues with it, but it's um, so beautiful. They're so, I know I've talked about this every time we talk about Every time we talk about this episode, we talk about how beautiful it is, but they're like, it's dark, but there's so many colors that just like, just like the blues and the greens and the oranges and just the grays and the blacks is just so, yeah, it's so rich. In in case you guys don't know, Nikki's a videographer. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have videographer and I edit videos and I also do some color grading when I have to. And, um, and I really enjoy that too. So and she, and she likes to be all humble, but she's like award winning and shit. So, <laughs> so she, she always insists on being humble. I will boast on her behalf. She is an award winning videographer. Lady yeah. Nikki of House Birch. It's just amazing. She's blushing. She's blushing. You're so cute, Nikki. Um, <laughs> so the other, since you mentioned the colors, um, one of the things I have on here, I'm skipping over something else, is the when the dragons were above the clouds. Yes. That Heart. was gorgeous. That's that on my, was, it's like dragon flight of heaven in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Like you said, just the colors and. You know like, what I like about it is that my favorite part about that is that it's obviously you're never going to see dragons on a full moon, but the colors and just the way that the, the whole composition of that shot is like, if you've ever been on a plane and it's been a full moon and you've been above the clouds, that's what it looks like. You know what I mean? It's like, it's something that, that it's not hard to imagine because so many of us have seen it minus the dragons. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's why I love it. The, the, the realism of that shot. I just thought it looked pretty. Beautiful. It looked really pretty and, um, it would make a great poster. You know or painting. I'm telling myself to screenshot it and just like have it as my just background. Just print it, yeah. <laughs> right now I have the flag of Doran, the banner, the Dornish banner uh, of House Martell on mine. But um, yeah. <laughs> my background just... is my background is my grandparents' wedding picture. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll update it. But I thought that was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. The way they filmed the dragons above the clouds. Again, uh, just the dragon work was really was really so awesome. Good. And then on a yep. musical note, mm -hmm. um, the music they played for Aria, I have to go back and figure out what it was called because um, I don't mm -hmm. know. I called I it. I called it Aria scene on that. Like I, I had sneaked through the library, but that whole point where they just follow Aria is mm -hmm. just—it's incredible. I called it Aria Star Eyes music. <laughs> <laughs> Because they gave her the weapon, which I think was a call back to, well, not really call back, but a call, a nod to the books for Simeon mm -hmm. and Star Eyes, who had the double-handed, the double-bladed staff. Spear, yeah. Uh, spear, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's staff spear, cause you, because it does call back to her, all of her fights with the waif, you know, mm -hmm. having fighting with the staff. But, like, that was, like, Simeon Star Eyes' thing, was this double-bladed staff that, you know, he would spin so fast or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I called it Arya Sarai's music. Um, I, again, you know, we're fans of the soundtrack. So the music is always mm -hmm. like a really big thing. And the music in that scene was really, really good. Music for the whole episode was really good. Yeah, yeah. The whole episode. Um, it's just all of it. All of it's perfect. 
I have an I have something that says everyone on the front lines. I think that's referring to just um, when they're showing. Well, first of all, I liked that all of our favorite characters were on the front lines, mm-hmm. right? They're they're all at the front. But then also that you get to see like that there are there are women also. I mean, mm-hmm. most of them are like wildling women, but you get to see that they're women because there's like that moment where the where the girl's hair blows in the wind, and then they pan over to her, and you can see her face. And you're like, oh wait, shit, that's a girl, and they just go through. That's one of my favorites. And then I have something in here that says "boo, Sam." <laughs> oh, and then Theon running, and and it there's something that happened. I don't remember if it was right when they killed Ed, but there's a point where Sam something happens. And Sam looks and he runs away and it reminded me so much of Theon jumping off of the boat. And I was like, ugh, God. Since since we're not doing a hate cast, I'm not going to talk about how much Sam deserved to die in this episode. Oh, he should have died like 50 times. For his bullshittery. He should have died. He should have died 50 times. Um, But because you need him to be the voice of the next three episodes, Mm -hmm. they had to keep him around. But he, di- I agree with you. Sam should have died. I would have liked him. I would have respected him more if he died in these episodes. Yeah, that whole Arya scene, I agree, is just, just so good. <sighs> we don't need to go into who died in those episodes, in those moments. But you can see that. I'll just, I'll just say that it was cool to see. Um, I was going to say Thoros. Okay, my drinks are Barrick? coming in. Yes, Barrick. <laughs> Barrick. Um, it's just like you knew maybe the, I don't know like he's been able to see into the flames so I guess maybe he knew this whole time that this is where he dies just like Melisandre knows like this is where her end is mm-hmm. um, just the way that he's like you know basically taking the brunt of the attacks as they're running through the hallways and trying saving um, saving Arya and the Hound so that they can continue to go on to the next step of their journey so one thing about that that I kind of had a bit of a complaint with mm-hmm is anybody could have taken all those knife wounds to help Arya get away. What I kind of wish they had done was follow the Lady Stoneheart thing. You have where, my attention. And, yes. This is <laughs> so here, here we go with my fanfic. What I wish had happened, or at least what I think would have been cool to happen, is if Arya had actually been killed. And then Barrett gives his last breath, his last life, mm. to, to bring her back. And then she kills the Night King. Yeah. I think that everyone would have loved that. That would have been because, amazing. I, I would have cried so hard. <laughs> because, well, because when you get the fear of, oh shit, Arya just got killed. Right. And there's no Red Priest to revive her. But we know that Barrett did the last rites for Catelyn and turned her into Lady Stoneheart. Sorry, spoiler alert. Mm. Um, hopefully you've read, read that by podcast. now. Hopefully you've read that after how many episodes <laughs> of this podcasting. If you haven't made it to that, the most glorious part of the series. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I yeah, we, we'd have that moment of like, oh shit, they killed Arya. And then... Um, and then it would make Beric's death so much more meaningful. And not just his mm. death, not just his death, but the fact that he's been brought back so many times. It'd make, right. them, it'd make him being, him specifically being brought back so much more meaningful because anybody can stand there and just get stabbed while Arya gets away. 
anybody can fulfill that role, but not anybody can bring her back. He has the power of the Lord of the Light in him. And so if he had done the Lady Stoneheart thing and made brought Arya back after she'd been killed, and then it's like, okay, now we know Arya has a special purpose, and that special purpose is to kill the Night King. I think that would have been really, really cool. Yeah, I, I would have I enjoyed that. I, I would have enjoyed reading that fanfic. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I like that. And maybe we get something like that in the book because I feel like this episode was just an opportunity to give char- to kill off characters that you no longer wanted to like explore the storylines of. Yeah, you know, like, and to also like, do a whole bunch of hero shit. Which you yeah. know, don't get me wrong, I love hero shit. It's just not what I was going for in this sense. I mean, in the books, uh, Beric is long dead because he brought mm-hmm. back Lady Stoneheart. Right. No, yeah, you're right. I, that would have been really cool. It's just that can can he can Beric give his last breath? Does he need a priest to be there to do that? Is Mel is that where Melisandre's presence comes in in that moment? Well, no, because with Lady Stoneheart, um, mm-hmm. he wanted Thoros to bring her back, and Thoros was saying, "No, she's been dead too long." Right. And so Beric did it and gave her the, what do they call it? The last kiss mm-hmm. or something like that. Something like that. Um, so Beric. I'm going to have to look that up because I feel like we're mixing Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. We've been talking oh, Harry God. Potter before we started recording. So things might be mixed up. Um, but Beric wanted Thoros to bring her back and Thoros told him, like, no way, she's been dead too long. Because at that point, yes. she'd been dead a couple last days. Kiss. The last kiss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, at that point, she'd been dead a couple days. And so he was just like, nope, not doing it. And so Beric decided to do the last rites himself. And in doing so, he gave up his life for hers. And that was, like, the end for Beric, and now we have Lady Stoneheart. Aww. So he didn't. So he didn't need the priest. So in the show, even though we didn't get Lady Stoneheart in the show... Because Beric's been brought back so many times, it makes you feel like, okay, he must have been brought back for a reason. Because with the books, I've always wondered, why is it that Beric can light his flame, his sword yeah. on, on fire? Yeah. And why Especially is it if that... he's not the prince who was promised. Right. Why does Beric get the flaming sword? And why, why are we bringing him back? And then it's like, okay, he's been brought back to bring back Lady Stoneheart. And we don't know yet where the Lady Stoneheart story is going because mm-hmm. it's just not, we're not there yet. So it would have been cool in the show, I think, to have him serve that purpose. Kill Arya, make us all freak out, and then Beric sacrifices himself by giving her the last kiss Mm -hmm. and thus ends his life. And then now we have undead Arya has been brought back and and it is her duty now to kill Mm -hmm. the Night King. Because then then it's like, okay, what is her purpose? She's been brought back. The Lord of Light brought her back. For yeah. a reason. What is the that reason? The one true god throughout the entire show. <laughs> and well, the northern guards are real. The no- okay, northern guards. They just don't care about anybody. <sighs> oh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there's... Okay, yep. One day One day we'll talk about my Rob should have married Marjorie fanfic. <laughs> one day. I'm into that. I'm into that. There's a point where in the books where Catelyn is just like, why couldn't he have fallen into the arms of Marjorie Tyrell instead or something like that? Can you imagine how powerful that would have made oh! them? We'll talk about this another time. Oh, now let's talk about this, it now. This, is, this will be such an extreme <laughs> tangent. Are you sure? Okay. 
Is it okay? Well, okay. You know what? We'll we'll pause it. We'll put it on ice. We'll put it on because... ice because I hadn't thought about it. But just all of these things are all going off in my head right now that I just want. I need time to fuck explore. it. Say it. Don't you uh, want it? Like, it's just because like they they could have just like crushed the land. You have like the north, and then you have the reach, and you're coming together, and then you basically like just as armies, you come and you just wipe out the Lannisters. You know what I mean? There's just so many things that you can do with those two united. They'd have the Riverlands surrounded. So, like, fuck it. Just take the Riverlands. And, and... But the, the Riverlands are technically already House Stark. They married. Right, right. So, like, they would have control over most of the country. And they would have been able to absolutely destroy the Lannisters. Oh, my God. But no. He had to take the virginity of a Westerling girl and then feel bad Just about it. Just because she helped nurse him back to health. And that's why they should have let their kids see outside some more. So that one person isn't nice to them. You feel like you got to get married now, but whatever. Exactly. One, whatever. We, we'll just do our a whole like. Fan We're gonna fic. do an episode of why Rob Stark sucks. <laughs> 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 All the things that he did wrong. <laughs> oh, so many ways. Season eight, episode three, the long night. <laughs> back on okay a thing i loved theon's last stand Mm. he that was really sad and like i never fully forgive for forgave him Mm -hmm. you know i stayed team Theon. (laughs) in the great words of tanya of house ellis it's still fuck theon in these parts I just feel like he did unforgivable things, you know? He really did, though. He really but, did. But I respected that he was just ready to die for House Stark because, that, honestly, it was the least he could do. So, Theon's last stand, I thought, was really good. Like, you're seeing everyone around him getting taken out, and yeah. he's just pulling arrows and pulling arrows, and then he reaches back and there's no arrows left. And then he just charges. And I was just like, yes. the And it's like, he charged for nothing because he just got killed immediately. Can we... Go ahead. Sorry. I just said it. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, it was... It's not... Because it's not something I love, so I don't really want to talk about it. But I, I will say that I was kind of frustrated with how badass the Ironborn are as fighters that they were reduced to just being archers and not. I wanted to see, like, more, like, hand-to-hand combat with them against... Um, the army of the dead, but whatever. That's just me. Mm. Well, Theon, he he did what he could, and I really liked that scene because he, I felt like Theon went into it knowing he was gonna lose. Yeah, absolutely. He, he knew absolutely. he was gonna lose. He knew he was gonna die, but he was like, "I'm gonna take as many down as I can with me." And yeah. useless ass brand. Well, one day we'll talk about how much I hate brand, but this isn't the episode yeah. for that. This, this isn't that one. Um, um, although, but you know what? As you're saying that, like maybe I will sort of take back, and I'm not taking back what I said. I still would have liked to see Ironborn fighting um, Army of Dead, just like with some close ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do like that with the arrow because in the book, Theon is such a strong archer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So they bring they they like. They like half acidly bring that back, and it's like they, not all the Iron Islanders, just Theon was right. really dope. And they and that was from season one. We see how good mm-hmm. of an archer he is when Bran is held hostage by the wildlings, yeah. and and Theon. I was about to say Stan. 
Oh God! Sam, you're not a villain. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) We see how good of an archer he is when he takes down the wildling holding um, Bran hostage. And remember, Rob was all upset because he's like, "You could have killed Bran." And Theon's Theon's all cocky, like, "No, I wasn't going to." No, you know. But did he die though? But did he die though? Okay. God. So yeah, that that was another kind of callback to season one because we, we haven't really seen Theon do archery since then, have we? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, no, no, nope. He's just been running away. <laughs> yeah, he's just been getting tortured and running away, running away and yielding a, a sword really shittily. Poor Theon, but not really. Yeah, he got he got what he deserved. He got he got his comeuppance. I mean, no, I mean nobody really deserves Ramsay, but no, but. He needed to be punished. Um, but I like that scene a lot. I yeah. liked. I like that. Um, I did. I did like that he got to have some type of redemption, and mm. that he got to feel like he paid for his crimes. Right. He like, got. He got to. He got to enact his own justice. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he knew. He knew he was gonna die. Yeah. He definitely. As soon as he, he left his sister. Die. Yeah. But that was his whole plan, was to die for House Stark. And then, you know what? Going back to the first episode where she, where Theon is telling... Oh, God. I always confuse... I always fuck up her book and her show names. Um, telling his sister. <laughs> <laughs> Yara. to go back. Yeah. Yara. She's Asha in the book. Yes. Yara. Yarasha. <laughs> where he tells her uh, that he wants to go back to fight for House Stark. And she's like, you know... And they, she's like, all right, go. Go do what you got to do. And he's like, what is Deborah never may never die? And he says it back to her. And she's like, but kill the bastards anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah. That was sweet. Asha's a good sister. Yara's a good sister. Yeah, she is. I, I mean, totally there, there, was when, there was a time when she took him to the whorehouse and, like, made fun of his lack of dick. That was fucked up. But other than that, that's yeah. kind of, that's like what your siblings <laughs> do to you. Exactly. Like, it was all love. It was you, all love, Theon. Get over see, it. <laughs> see, yeah, you, see, you are the older sibling. You don't have older siblings. And you have, no. like, so you did all the bullying. I have an older <laughs> brother who's five years older than me. And honestly, like, nobody could ever have bullied me as bad as my brother did. He used to bully Ooh. me and beat me up all the time. But it made me a tough kid. Yeah. And at, and, and at the end of the welcome. day... but like you know it's like at the end of the day i know that he loved me and would fight and die for me and you know that's what that's what older siblings do so they poke fun at the things that are the most sensitive but at the same time you know that they will absolutely not let anybody else yeah and so yara i feel like was she tried she tried for their standards still got it on yeah Tyrion just needed... I mean, Tyrion. Oh my god, I'm getting all the names wrong because I drank too much. Uh, Theon just needed to use that mouth. Like, you can absolutely Although, have... understanding that he was in a brothel, I get it. You may not want to he's also tra- He's also traumatized. But but actually, none of you mentioned Grey Worm getting it on. I kind of actually appreciated that because I think that we tend to look at sex in a purely like heteronormative way, and mm-hmm. you forget that there's other ways of having sex yeah, than, absolutely. than penis and vagina. <laughs> so I, that that was actually very very forward of them, which I you don't really usually get from D and D. Yeah, but, you know, because like when you, even when they go back and and um. And Daenerys is like, well, what did you guys do? 
And Masen is like many things. She's like right. many things. Right. Like, Daenerys, like you, you lack imagination. Like you can totally have sex without a dick, guys. So, yeah. you know, it's quarantine it time, but maybe go try it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the time. <laughs> Give your kids some melatonin gummies and get it on. <laughs> I don't have kids, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I have a cock-blocking two-and-a-half-year-old. Anyway, <laughs> uh, your turn, Nikki. What else did you love in the long run? Uh, I love that dragon fire didn't work. Oh, my God. That was next on my list. <laughs> I wrote Night King smirk when Danny tried to burn him. Oh, my God. I love that the dragon fire didn't work. I love that Danny did not get to kill the Night King. I love that it wasn't that simple. She um, was so confident. Dracarys and all that dragon fire and then he just looked back up with that half smile he smirked at her how how disrespectful I feel like the other thing I like I like about the moment is just all that suspense you know all the suspense that's happening flames are going up and John's like catching his breath from halfway across (laughs) the field and he's just like oh shit is this it is this it and you know what because I think also because of the music while it was happening I just felt like it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Let you know. It just, yeah. Oh, man. Remy Jawadi, dude. Come hang out with us sometime. You're just the best. Please. You're a genius and we love you. <laughs> and shout but, out to your work in Westworld because I've been binging season three and whew. Also, shout out to his work in Pacific Rim, which I just watched like yesterday. Oh, did you like it? Oh, I've seen it before. Like I've watched it like, oh, a, oh. I've watched oh, it, like a thousand times. It's robots this is the first time you've watched up. it knowing that he did the music no 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 i knew that he did the music too i just watched it because um it i was thinking about it and i posted on facebook like hey when do the kaiju come up because like the it's like (laughs) happening around 2020 and so and so i was like oh yeah we should watch pacific rim and so we watched pacific rim but yeah i did i did know that he had done the music for it and Oh, um, I didn't know when I watched it. I should watch it again. I, I didn't know the first time I watched it, but like we we've been watching it like regularly for years. It's one of a movie we both love. I mean, it's robots fighting aliens, like giant monster aliens that come out of the sea. Like it's right up my yeah. alley. So yeah, the second one was rubbish, but I really oh enjoyed. I didn't even know there was a second one. But there is. Yeah. It's so bad. I think we bought it anyway. Well, he bought it anyway just to ha- complete the collection, but it's not good. It's not good. Mm. I love John Boyega though. He did really well in it, but it's just not a good movie. Yeah. But John mm. Boyega is fun. I mean, so it's fun to watch just to see John Boyega being awesome. But um but overall it's just not a good movie. But mm. uh it's too bad cuz like anything like it's, it's my favorite thing I think about Pacific Rim is just how big a robot has to be to fight in the ocean. <laughs> and the, but like when you see when they then the beginning when they show the um guy who's doing metal searching with his kid or grandson or whatever and then yeah. you see the the jaeger come up and you see how big it is it's ginormous so it's bigger cool. than most buildings but um yeah it's huge but uh yeah i mean watch the sequel someday maybe one day yeah. maybe one I day we'll... sequels i could totally don't happen yeah it's and not, by this it's... i mean land before time two through 35 well <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't good but john boyega was good and I enjoyed him specifically, mm-hmm. but I mean, but I mean, honestly, Pacific Rim is fun to watch, but it's not exactly like you don't watch that movie and think like, wow, this deserves an Oscar. 
Like right, the, right, di- right. the okay. dialogue That's was kind of the dialogue was kind of terrible and like a lot of things didn't make sense. But maybe I I'll enjoyed it, it. Maybe I'll watch it with my nephew. He'd probably <laughs> love it. He would probably love it because it is fun. It's really fun. I think we bought it when we were going to China and we watched it mm-hmm. like going there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when we got it. Well, because we had a 16 hour flight and we were like, we need some movies. And like, I think that's when we watched it, but, um, it's fun. But the second one is just, it's just not good. It's not good. Anyway, this is not mm-hmm. about, this is not a Pacific Rim podcast. It's still this a nerd is. podcast though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We definitely talked Harry Potter for a solid 30 minutes before I hit record. <laughs> I'm restraining all of my Star Trek stuff because I've been watching Star Trek for the last day and a half. <laughs> I you know, fuck it, I'll just say it. I had a dream that I was watching Star Trek and LeVar Burton came and watched Star Trek with me and halfway in between, in the middle of an episode, he got up and did an outfit change into Geordie LaForge. <laughs> and then he, then he insisted that we take selfies for Instagram and I woke up and it was like the best nerd dream ever. That would be awesome. Yeah. Did I ever did I ever send you my selfie with LeVar Burton? <gasps> no. I didn't. When wait, when did that happen? I met LeVar Burton. I so my friend my Michelle. Dream. It's my one of my new dreams. My friend Michelle, also known as Feminista Jones, invited me to um the premiere for the new version of Roots. Mm-hmm. and LeVar Burton was there and I asked him if we could take a selfie and he was like I got it and he took my phone and just like rapid fire took selfies together and then gave <laughs> me back my phone and he was like he was like and I was like wow that was really fast and he was like I do this all the time and like we had a laugh and then he moved on because a million people wanted to talk to him oh but I have God. a bunch of selfies that LeVar Burton himself took from my phone with me that night um, so anyway, yeah. Thank you again, you know Michelle. What, for you know what would be me. cool <laughs> if if Levar Burton, like if Levar Burton did like a giveaway where they did like one of those contests where oh you can hang out with Levar Burton. Wouldn't it be cool if they did like a camping one where you could like he could read you stories around a campfire? Oh my god, yes. And I don't even I'm not into camping, so I'd go home after. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just here for the marshmallows and the books, guys. I'll see right. you later. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have my like my thirty percent deep bug spray from uh, from Ethiopia, so we're good to go. <laughs> um, all right, I'm scrolling through my phone for my Levar Burton selfie, and when I do find it, I'll send you because I can't remember if that was before. I'll send it to me. I'll post, I'll post it on our Instagram. Okay. Um. So I'll look for that in the meantime. In the meantime. Else? So yeah, the night. So the fire did not work in the show. We don't know what will happen in the books. We don't know what happened in the books. So my next thing was related to that. Okay. My next favorite moment of this episode is where the Night King raises his hand as he's smirking at John. Like, yeah, but you've seen this. What are you doing? Just come at me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, you just look at him. You're just like, this motherfucker is so evil. He's so evil. Why? Found them. It's me. And like that, that favorite moment of the episode also to me is one of my biggest points of contention because duh, why didn't we account for this? What? The, you know what the, I mean? Like he, oh, him raising all those dead resur- people. Exactly. The fact that he can resurrect the dead. Yeah. Like, that wasn't disgusting. Oversight. Enough. It's oh, the biggest oversight. It's and a huge oversight. So yeah. Backlog, so yeah. Dragonfire. We... Uh, no, the, 
Well, we were saying we don't. Oh yeah. Oh, about them bringing back all about the dead him, people, the resurrecting the dead. Um, to me, it's like, do we chalk this up to John just not being able to commun- communicate effectively and to share his past experience? Because- well, I don't know because on one hand, most a lot of the people involved at this point know that the Night King brings people back. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing, know. the problem, I think the problem is one well i think them them hiding in the crypts i feel like was a bigger problem but maybe they should have designated hand in hand well i was gonna say maybe they should have designated because i mean you can just keep the crypts locked whatever like that's a lot to try to deal with it's not that Mm -hmm. many anyway but Mm -hmm. as far as the dead in the battle maybe they should have been ordered to but like how like I was gonna say maybe they should have been ordered to like try to light people on fire when they get killed, but you're fighting when they, when too. They were dead, but how? Exactly, but you're, you're fighting. fighting. Like and, this... and because the only people who the only people who would have been able to take on the role of of burning the bodies after they're dead would have been um, Daenerys, John, or Melisandre. Mm. Right? Those are the only people who who have that who have the ability to even to do, do it that. easily. So, to do it easily, right? Um, so everybody else is fighting. It doesn't make sense. But I feel like. We they they know that the Night King can reanimate the dead, but what they don't know is that he can reanimate the dead who have already been killed. You know? Yeah, I don't so, think. And I it mean, makes me wonder. It makes me wonder two things that actually I'm seeing a much bigger flaw is that if Dragonglass kills somebody who is already dead, right? Shouldn't they stay dead if it kills them, or does he have the power to animate reanimate somebody? Who has who has died and been killed with dragon glass, and then like you have to kill it. Like it just it feels like, yeah, it yeah, feels like know. coronavirus. You just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know enough. <laughs> well, I mean, hmm. right? Because like if you're dead, dead now you're not. Now you're dead, dead because you've been killed dead. with dragon glass. You're double dead. So how can you be reanimated? Is it just the people who just well did he dead, did dead he killed? reanimate people that had been killed with dragon glass? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think he did. So maybe he just reanimated people who had been alive. Because remember, he, the first he waited time. a while to reanimate anyone. Yeah. So I, I don't think he reanimated his own army that had been mm-hmm. killed by Dragonglass. I think he okay. only reanimated the Stark, the, you know, human living army right. that the, had been the, killed that the, night. They dead for the first time. Right. I don't think he reanimated his own army. They just gave him a whole new fresh army. Right. So his dead basically it's, they stayed dead. Multiplied, they they multiplied his army by killing alive people. Okay. Right. I could that I could. That that I can fuck. Yeah. Okay. That that's that what makes, you know, yeah, that's what it really that is sense. is that that's why he was able to sacrifice so many of his own army to walk across fire and shit because it doesn't matter as long as you're matter. killing theirs, you're building your own army. He waited right. a long time mm-hmm. before he started resurrecting his own yeah, or started true. doing his resurrection. It's true and as as I'm thinking about it, like in all the shots they, they, like they made a point of just showing people that we had loved Right. Turning back their eyes, their eyes turning. Right. Back. He okay. Can't... So that makes sense. Yeah, he's not like re-resurrecting his army. He's now taking new members <laughs> from the dead that had been killed that night. <laughs> My thing was, I felt like, I mean, again, the books are different, so we don't really know how it works with the books. But I didn't, I didn't like that he was able to resurrect people from the crypts. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. It made sense if he can resurrect, resurrect just any. If he can resurrect any dead, then okay. Mm-hmm. Because at first I was like, maybe he can only resurrect people who die north of the wall, or maybe he can only resurrect people okay. who he's killed. But now it's like, no, he can just resurrect anyone. So as long you, as they've only been done once, <laughs> right? So if you know this, why would you hide everybody in the crypts? But again, this is a hate yeah, case. Like, that never huge, made sense to me. Yeah, yeah they could have hidden in the feast room and barred all the doors. They, they didn't have they to. They could have hidden in like a keg, like the keg room or wherever they keep the yeah, wine. Right. Thing. They didn't have to be the crypts, and like the it didn't that, have to be the that emphasis on we must go to the crypts. I'm like, you guys are fighting somebody who brings back the dead. Like, are you sure? I also right. wish they hadn't cut the scene of Ari, um, Sansa and Tyrion fighting. Yeah. They yeah. should have kept that so they that we kept could that. see them being useful. You know why? Uh, for two reasons, I think they should have kept that. One, because we so we could see them being useful and fighting down there. Uh, well, three, <laughs> because it, like they should have had people armed down there anyway, just mm-hmm. in case the dead broke through the right. door. Right? They right. should have placed a couple, a couple of able-bodied people, or armed the people who were down there. But to back to my second reason for why they should have kept that scene is because when they're uh, when Arya and Sansa are on are on the battlements, and Arya tells Sansa to go downstairs, she's like, "It's time for you to go, go to the crypt." And she's like, "No, I don't want to abandon my people." And then she's like, "Oh no, no, go!" And she's like, "I don't want to abandon my people." But in the fucking crypts, everybody's getting murdered, and Sansa's just hiding. Right. But the she's thing is, but the scene, the scene after their scene hiding, it's them mm-hmm. hiding, catching their breath, and then going out and fighting. But it's they like, cut, I, yeah. But they cut that. Yeah, which means see. Hmm. All right, we'll say that. So they were, yeah. So they weren't just yeah. hiding. They did fight. They just it just they were got fighting cut. and they were catching their breath. Yeah, they should have kept it because that made it makes it was Sansa like, yeah, look it was, like a liar. It's like that moment of back against the wall, like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then they go out and they fight. But that got cut. So you just get left with them just hiding with yeah, weapons and not doing while, anything. While you're hearing people screaming behind them getting dragged. Oh, children, through, you women know, and children. children. Women and children. And then it it also it it has the probably unintentional effect of reminding you of Joffrey running from the battlements to go hide. I think my mother's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you did she say she wanted me right now in the throne room? Is that where she is? Just I just are you, are you guys going to be good here? Are you sure? You know, it had it had the unintentional effect of making me remember that moment, and that's why it came to my list of things that I did not like in this. <laughs> <laughs> in the things that I liked about uh, these episodes. Yeah. What's next on your list? Next on my list, Danny and Jorah's Last Stand. So, hmm. you know that for seasons I have been saying, why isn't Danny learning to fight? Yeah. Why doesn't Danny have armor? Armor. So, I was happy to see her like fighting for yeah. once. I feel like because they cut the Arya Tyrion scene, it would have made that scene much more powerful. Say that again. Because because of the Arya Tyrion, sorry, because of the Sansa Tyrion scene ah. was cut, it would have made the Jorah and Danny scene that much more powerful to see. Yeah. Oh, here here are these like aristocratic women having to pick up arms and actually defend themselves because their knights can't do it. Right. You know, like it just it would have the impact of that would have been. Just yeah, what much was 
Yeah. I mean, because don't get me wrong. Like, I love when Danny picked up. She's like, fuck it, I got to fight too. And she yanks the sword. And then I'm, but the other, my other thought was like, geez, how much energy and effort does it take to shove a sword into someone and pull it back out? A lot. I mean, I've never, I've never stabbed anybody with a sword. Me neither. I had a couple. I have my own. With a sword. (laughs) (laughs) I won't go into detail until I confer with statute of limitations, but. (laughs) You are my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) But it's first of all, it takes a lot to stab someone, and yeah. but with a sword, I I don't know. I've never, I mean, I've never, I've never used a sword, so I can't say. But I mean, I imagine it gets exhausting. I mean, a sword is a pretty big blade; like it can, it's heavy, yeah. you know. And I just feel like Danny should have been doing training anyway. Yeah, I I wanted, I really just wanted because of where things were going and because of how hands on she wanted to be with battles and all that. I wanted a warrior queen. Me too so but i really enjoyed that scene of her and george just fighting for their lives and she and it's didn't not get... like it's not within her bloodline either right and she didn't get stabbed once poor jorah took all the stabbing i know but he deserved i would have liked die. her to get stabbed once because then it would have been a nice foreshadowing or just cut a little cut somewhere but yeah, some... jorah took all the blades for her but he that he owed her i mean he he earned them too <laughs> yeah it was the least he could do because he was spying on her well after they became friends yep um but i really i like that scene just them fighting back to back and just him his willingness to die for his queen as he'd been saying he wanted to do mm-hmm you know, in, in case anybody wasn't sure if Jura meant what he was saying now, like now you know he really did mean it at this point. Like he really mm-hmm. was turned around. I still didn't forgive him, but that's just me. Yeah. But, um, their no, last I think, stand. I, I think I forgave was... him. I think I forgave him, and I think when I didn't realize I had forgiven him until he encouraged Danny to keep Theon as her hand. Oh, not Theon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're nikki's <laughs> having keep, a boiler curious. maker nikki's having a boiler maker and i had just had i'm having a triple manhattan so there were messing up names like, now i love it and a bit burger it's a fine german beer i recommend it um in when when he was encouraging danny to keep uh Tyrion on ezra hand and to basically forgive him mm, he's like yeah. you forgave me even though i'm like if you know a fucking snitch Right. Forget Tyrion just just made made mistakes. mistakes. Yeah, Yeah, Tyrion made mistakes. Jorah was like malevolent. Tyrion just made mistakes. Tyrion made some really dumbass mistakes, though. Although, excuse me, I will say that was such a ladylike burp. I wish you guys could have seen that. She almost clutched her pearls as it was happening. God, um, what was I saying? Tyrion, I felt like had a really good idea when he was like, "You can't march to King's Landing with a foreign army. Like that's not right. gonna look right." Like I felt like he had ideas that were good and he made good points, but the execution of them was terrible. So I just feel like Tyrion just made mistakes. I mean, but it's the same thing. Like all that goes to it. That all goes to. So like people who are really good at theory but never putting things into practice. You know, mm-hmm. he read all the books, but he's never actually seen something play out before his eyes. And the fact that he constantly 
harps on the fact that he survived a battle or two battles. Right, you know right. What I mean? When it's just like, okay, well, honestly, who cares? Like, who cares? You were shorter. You were a smaller target. Nobody even saw you on the battlefield. That's how you survived. Right. You know, it's just, yeah. Like, just, I mean, and the funny thing about it, about, now that I've said that, it reminds me of the fact that Arya was such a hard target. But as she's, like, fighting, she's like, obviously, she, we all know she's super skilled and she's got assassin points and all this kind of shit. But, like, just seeing her move and cut through people because she is smaller than everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, the way that she's able to fight. Um, Tyrion was not that kind of fighter. So he would have died. And I, I, it was annoying to me that he was basically pouting about the fact <laughs> that he couldn't be out there. And Sansa was right. She told that was that didn't make my list, but it should have been on my list. Is Sansa saying the fa- the bravest thing we can do right now is face the truth about our abilities? I'm I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. you know the fact that they can't help and they're better. The bravest thing they could do is to understand that this is their place and to accept that. Yeah. Did you have anything else about Danny and Jorah's last stand? No, they didn't even make my list. <laughs> oh, so final on my list was, mm-hmm. was the moment of Arya killing the Night King. And I mean this outside of the story at large, but just within this episode, mm-hmm. her quietly sneaking up, you see that wind blow in the guy's hair. Yeah. And he does the kind of looks around and then she's flying through the air with the blade and then he catches her by the throat and she drops the blade to the other hand and stabs him. I thought mm-hmm. that was extremely well done. I have my issues with it being Arya killing the Night King. I was kind of like, eh. But overall, but, just just with this episode, just in, its, as a stand- in a in vacuum, its yeah, yeah, as a standalone, yeah. just like in a vacuum, I actually really loved the way that looked and I loved yeah. that she was smart enough to think to like, let me switch hands instead of panicking. You know what's fun about that? Um, that I noticed, like, I, I have my issues, too, with it being Arya that kills the Night King. Um, although, even though they try to hammer it into your head with Melisandre and Arya, you know, Blue Eyes forever, and just the impact of closing Blue Eyes forever, and what do we say that's gone to death? I feel like that, like, was, that was a total retcon thing, though. Like, I don't think that that's what they meant when they started it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're like, yeah. oh, well, shit, this is how, we'll, how this, here's this little bow, let's tie that nicely. Um, but, the fun thing about it is after watching Theon die, right? Theon charges the Night King. The Night King grabs, grabs his staff, switches, like, and then stabs him with it. He breaks it and he stabs him with it. Mm-hmm. And then Arya essentially, like, it's not the exact same move, but the concept is similar. You know what I mean? She charges the Night King. The Night King grabs her, but then she switches her, her, her stance up and is able to kill him. Hmm. So it's kind of like the reverse of Theon being killed. I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I looked at that. I was just like, "Oh shit! That's the, I, this literally just happened," and I thought that was cool. I'm not a hundred percent mad at Arya being the one to kill the Night King, but I mean, my issue with that whole thing is that I just wanted to get into. It's funny. It's ironic because the, my issue with the Night King's death is that I want to get more into his head and learn kind of like what the fuck, what's what the fuck is up with the spirally things and the pinning things to the wall and making all what these formations. What do you want? <laughs> what, like, what is it? What is it? What the fuck is it? But on the other hand, that's also 
my issue with lots and lots of movies is that they always go and they like psychoanalyze the vision the the villain and the villain can't just be purely evil just because mm. like I'll put it out there like with the Grinch I didn't need to know that he was bullied <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted him to hate fucking Christmas right that's, that's just... <laughs> yeah and I think the only other thing on my list that we haven't talked about is one of my favorite moments is when the Night King enters the Godwood with his entourage of White Walkers. Like, there's something so evil and so ominous about the scene. There's, like, the fires behind them, and he's just, like, a blue and oozing evil aura and coming into the Godswood, and Bran looks up and he sees him, and Theon looks over and he sees him. Something about that scene is just so amazing. And when you consider that in the show he was created in a god's wood mm-hmm. and, like and before a heart tree it's like perfect i kind of wish they'd gotten into that too because in the world book it says that it doesn't specifically say that the um children of the forest created them it just mm-hmm. says that they resorted to to desperate act right Right. So we don't know what that desperate act was, but in the show we see that they created these White Walkers to fight humans. And in the show we see that it happens in a godswood. So that was kind of another mm-hmm. full circle type moment of coming right. back to that. He's mm-hmm. ready to snuff out humanity. I guess so. I guess you could say, based yeah, maybe he's, his... he's ready to fulfill his destiny in the place that he was created. Yeah, thank you for putting that in words that make sense. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for for yeah, as a standalone episode, for all the things that kind of come full circle, um, I have almost no complaints about this one. You know. It's just, I love, you're right. It could be its own. It could be a horror movie in and of its own. I feel like it might be, like, if you wanted to introduce somebody who doesn't give a shit about Game of Thrones to anything, you just show them this episode and they'll be like, oh, of course, Mm -hmm. there's tons of spoilers, but oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's great. I think I might actually watch it again when we're done (laughs) because it's so good. It's so good. Just the music and the movement and just, like everything everything and it's the other thing that i have up there uh, after actually after um the resurrection is just the sense of despair when you see everybody's reaction to people who they just died coming back to life to fight against them that is because it's like at that point it's like fuck bro i'm tired I'm so tired. I've been fighting all night. I couldn't sleep well last night because I knew this fight was coming. Drunk. Now you're telling me I'm sad because my friends are dead. And now you're telling me my dead friends are coming back to kill me. And I have to keep fighting. And I it's have only, to keep going. So only exhausting. do I have to kill people who are dead. It's, I have to kill people that I loved. And were just on my side. Right. And the thing that I do love is have you ever seen Atomic Blonde? With no. Charlize Theron? Mm-mm. Okay. There's a scene where she's fighting and the person she's fighting, they're both so fucking tired. Like they've been fighting for a while. Mm-hmm. And they're just like like their movements get slower and slower. And like at the at one point you realize they're both just exhausted. That's something I actually really like. Like the in in yeah. um what episode? Uh 
hard home the hard home yeah. episode john you see he's exhausted and he's in pain and it's like mm-hmm. fuck i gotta keep this going that's the thing i actually really like in act in action stuff is when you see just the toll it takes on a person because fighting is exhausting fighting is exhausting you know and, like, it's, it's and funny. most most people aren't trained to fight and not to fight for that for that long a period of time, you know, just like extensive extensive combat, wearing all the things and having to scramble and dodge and look around you at all times. And oh fuck, there's my weapon, it's gone. I got to pick up something else and fight with that instead. But worry that you know, like all of those things. And I I think Hard Home is a really good example of that. And same thing with Battle of the Bastards, where yeah. they're exhausted. Yeah, and that's like all like those two scenes are just come back to me because I think in those two battles you see it more than in anything else. Yeah, like you don't see that exhaustion in Battle Whispering Wood. You don't see that exhaustion. Well, you don't even see in the Battle, Battle of Blackwater Bay. You know, you just like you don't because you know those are just massacres. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and even when Tyrion is fighting with um with his mountain pe- with his mountain people, you don't see that. You don't see like the the toll that it takes on your body to be fighting for that long just like even when john right that moment right before he stands up to scream at the dragon where he's just like kind of hyping himself up and just like taking deep breaths and just like oh my god he's tired or Arya after she hits her head and she's sneaking through and she just wants to catch her breath but these people these un you know these whites are behind her mm-hmm. and um just chasing her and she can't all she wants to do is rest her head against the wall and just like stop the bleeding or just like catch her breath but she has to keep going and yeah, I think it's so well done. It's yeah. so well done. I always enjoy that. Um, Arya killing the Night King was the last thing on my list as far as um, what I left. So if you have more, please do tell no, me. No, the last thing on my list is the Night King song. The Night King song? I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about this episode. I think it's actually called, it's either called The Long Night or it's called The Night King. Um, and just, I listen to it on its own a lot because it's just so good. It's so good. Just everything about it, because it, it the, it's like the first song since, uh, the last episode of season six that like kind of just stays with you. Like, like I was a let the light of the seven, oh, the night yeah. and light of the seven. Those two are my favorite. And okay. So then we've got Reigns of Castamere. I have lots of favorites, but those two. <laughs> are ones that you just kind of listen to on your own. You're just like, whoa, this, I don't know what the fuck is happening here, but this is amazing. <laughs> we still recorded for two hours even though we were only doing a recap of three episodes that was supposed to be our top ten but hey you know shit happens um 
Yeah, so I guess overall, there were definitely things that we liked. I mean, I still think season eight was a disaster and a disappointment. And But you know what? We just have to deal with it and move on because we're not going to get a redo. And all we can no. do is wait for the books. I'm looking forward to Fire and Blood too. Yeah, me too. Almost more than wins. Yeah, Fire and Blood was a really fun read. I should have brought it with me when I came down here, but it was a really fun read. I just something about the historical the aspect of it that makes me go, wait, pay attention to actual human history. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so invested? Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's so good. And I feel like having done the first three episodes will make it a little bit easier to go into the next three when we uh-huh. record about them. Um, because then I will have to struggle to find things that I like. <laughs> and I feel like the things that I like and the moments that I like are all, are also just like off the top of my head, the things that stand out are moments that also kind of really make me sad, but I feel are like necessary to, uh, the furtherance of the plot. Well, it's fifteen ninety nine on Kindle. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to get it to read i have it on kindle and hardcover because um i i think when i got it on kindle it was on sale so i was like oh you can get it then if anybody wants to buy me and tanya kindle books we'll put our venmos <laughs> in, our, <laughs> cash in the description of this episode <laughs> it'll be our version of an only fans <laughs> buy us books we'll give you more episodes um okay so next episode we'll do four through six and um so i gotta do a rewatch and take notes and think about the things i did like because you know (laughs) again we were really disappointed by the season because it just kind of ruined things for us but going back and um i went back and i rewatched the list from brian codman Mm-hmm. When he had posted the episodes to watch before the beginning right. of season eight, I went through and started watching those episodes and it made me remember, it just kind of brought me back to how much I do love the show and yeah. that even though it kind of declined, you know, overall, I still love the show. I still love the story. Love still, the story is so good. And that's the part that happened, like, as I was watching this, because I told you last week, I started randomly watching episodes from season three and season four and... I was just like, but I love this so much because yeah. Tanya and I discussed like, let's just acknowledge that we are in quarantine and it's coronavirus and all of these things. But the only reason we haven't rewatched the entire show three times during day 60, whatever we are on of quarantine <laughs> is because season eight fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's our biggest gripe. If we had enjoyed season eight, we would have watched, we would have we would have had a podcast today. Um, but you know, we understand that some people did really, really like it and enjoy it. And, you know, given from a couple of the things that I did rewatch, I can maybe start to understand Danny's drastic turn for diabolism. I mean, I can see the potential for it, but I don't think it was well done in the show at all. Yeah. We needed four more episodes to make that right. We needed another season to make that right. But anyway, we're talking about what we like. We, we like we like Game of Thrones. We're big fans. We love you, George. We love you, George. George! Stay healthy. <laughs> Stay healthy. Keep writing, because that's what you're saying you're doing. So yeah. keep doing that. Because how hard must it be to like 
people like always get angry at him. But just the fact of like what we were talking about um, earlier about Lady Stoneheart makes me realize how complicated it must be to write. Oh, the story has gotten out of control. Like it's out of control. Like all the people that we never meet in the show, you know. I mean, and when you consider that feast and dance are basically one book split in half, like that's that's a lot. The shit just the story itself just grew out of control. (laughs) I almost feel bad for him. So much. (laughs) There's just so much going on there, and so many things that need to be addressed. So take your time. (laughs) <laughs> take your time but I, I am looking forward to fire and blood too yeah and um i may do a reread i'll do a reread of um a night of the seven kingdoms because i have the audiobooks um I've, I've read them i've read the books already i think twice maybe three times and then i did I did the audiobooks once, so I'll probably do the audiobooks again because I am working from home. If anyone's interested in checking out the audiobooks, those stories are available in their entirety on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I listened to them for the first time, and then I got the graphic novels. Um, maybe we'll add them to the links. Yeah, because that would be fun to talk about. I really, I really do enjoy those stories. Yeah. Dunk the lug, thick as a castle wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brienne mentions that later on, saying she's thick as a castle wall. And we find out that she is Dunk's, uh, that yeah, Dunk is her ancestor. So that's, yeah. I can't, that's another thing I'm looking forward to in Fire and Blood, too, is finding that connection, you know, finding out yeah. how exactly that all happened. And then, you know, the she wolves of Winterfell or whatever they call it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, too. Just this yeah. whole universe is just. It's exciting. It's electrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, love, love. So, anyway, that's what Sorry, we liked was, about season eight, episodes one through three. See, there were lots of good things. Yeah, there were plenty of good things. Just if you look at them, just episode by episode, instead of as a whole, as far as oh, the whole story. Oh, I didn't talk about. Oh, what? The first blue blast of Dragonfire. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that scary blue fire was was yeah. pretty awful it was, yeah it was horrible i did love that i really did and you could see like the dragon fire the blue flame coming out of his neck mm-hmm. from where he had the gash too yep. so it wasn't even controlled fire it was just like all over the place so good that was pretty cool so to look good. at so good can i ask you a question Yes. Um, just like off the top of your head, what do you think some of your favorite moments will be from the next three episodes? Um, I think possibly the scene where the wings open up behind Danny. Oh, yes. Um, That's the, like the scene, only thing about that episode. <laughs> the the Clegane Bowl, just the scenery for it, not necessarily the fight yep. itself, but like mm-hmm. the, it, I thought it was just beautiful seeing... Yep the flames in the background and like just like the beauty of that um what else i don't know those are the two things that first came to mm-hmm. mind when you said that yeah i definitely agree with the dragon wings expanding behind danny and oh, hmm. there's something that was not actually that i was trying keep trying to remember that was not actually a good moment oh it's not a great moment and it's not even a moment that I love, but it's a moment that's just like so visceral because, and like, you know, it's things that make me cringe is the moment where Rhaegal gets hit coming around the corner by, uh, by Euron's fleet. 
Uh, that moment is just so devastating. Yeah. And they're like, didn't kind of forgot that. Oh my God. And they have, you know, they did you watch, did you, watch, you watch the after episode thing for that? I don't think that I did. I, think, uh, I don't. There I were... Sometimes I watch the after episodes, but I, I like the behold behind the scenes of the entire, you know. They were just like, they were like, well, Danny kind of forgot that Joran and his fleet were waiting or something like that. And I was just like, bruh. That's you just, just lazy writing. Like, just lie to us. <laughs> like, really, forgot. what? She forgot. Anyway. Like, how come I didn't send out... Oh, God, okay. Whatever. We've already talked about this. Yes. So, yes, we've already done all <laughs> we've this. We've already talked about that. So, we'll but do, yeah, we'll do four through it. six. So, in the meantime, please do follow us on social media. We are on Twitter as Thousand Eyes One, Facebook and Instagram, A Thousand Eyes and One. And we are thousandeyespodcast.com. Um, we also do trivia night. Which we just did virtually for the very first time. And I will be posting snippets of that on our Instagram. Awesome. And we settled on a date for the next one. Yeah, we did. June 7th. Yeah. I was like, did we? Did we yeah. <laughs> I know it's on my calendar. <laughs> so we do a virtual. We're doing our, our trivia night has moved to a virtual trivia night. Um, if you follow our Instagram, you'll definitely see flyers for it. Um, so the next one will be June 7th, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, June 7th. Yep. So we'll have to make a flyer and post it. And in the meantime, feel free to send us what you think were your favorite moments of episodes one through three of season eight. You know, we're just trying to focus on the positive in these dark times. <laughs> yeah. There's enough darkness in the world without yeah. us spewing it into the void. So that is Thousand Eyes One on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, A Thousand Eyes and One. And that's O N E, not the number. Mm-hmm. And Trivia Night, Trivia Afternoon. June, trivia afternoon. Trivia afternoon, June 7th. Sunday, June 7th at 3.30. Will Eastern be our time. Eastern time will be our next trivia. And it's really fun. We do book and show, mm-hmm. um, depending on who's with us. It tends to be mostly show, but it depends on who's with us. If we get enough yeah. book readers, we can do book questions. So join us. It's a good time. It's a good time. We had a lot of fun last time. Yeah, it was, it was really enjoyable. We were a little nervous because we've never done it virtually before. We weren't sure how it would work out, but it worked out. So pick your teams and think about it and join us. Mm-hmm. And that is the end. Goodbye. High in the holes of the kings who are gone Jenny would dance with her ghost The ones she had lost and the ones she had found And the ones who had loved her the most The ones who'd been gone for so very long She couldn't remember their names They spun her around on the damp old stones Spun away all her sorrow and pain And she never wanted to leave Never wanted to leave 
never wanted to leave never wanted to leave never wanted to leave never wanted